Keurig suck when you have like some kind of party and like four people want <laughs> three coffee people and you're like okay well Courtney's, Courtney's stepdad just puts a pot like an old coffee pot under his Keurig and runs it <laughs> runs the pods two times nice that's funny like, did you run that pod once or twice once run it run it again there's still some in there <laughs> that's my grandpa's style oh. of coffee right there yep and then Watery. wait four days and microwave it yeah it was perfect when we were over for all like all three of us would be there or something and make my pot for my cup first and then tyler's cup second then just like make a couple and pour them out and then make his <laughs> nice <laughs> make his cup <laughs> this is a good cup of coffee right here doubt came in my mind as i'm sure it's coming to yours even when the plunder about whether it's right or not these last few of many days i thought all right here we go the small island community of oh Amity. shit we're jumping right in yeah i'm gonna Hold just on. jump right <laughs> in what do you want to no yeah i know that, that makes sense i just that i wasn't there mentally all right i'm sorry let's all get there mentally let's take a second let's all, all right. yeah i forgot that we don't no don't we welcome we welcome no fuck man yeah, can man. you follow the outline i'm sorry what you're the one who said jump right in and yeah jump, yeah, jump right into, into the, the next outline. part of the all outline right. sorry this is the top thing on my page here i just started going for it Welcome, everyone, back to another episode with the BGSC. We are the Board Game Social Club. Back at it today, we are tackling the board game Jaws. Josh, how's it going, man? Good, buddy. How about you? I'm doing good. Good. I am Josh, one of the hosts here, and i uh, like to introduce my buddy, the man with the background, Robbie. How you doing, Robbie? <laughs> I'm doing good. That was a couple of Harleys that just... <laughs> <laughs> just made their appearance nice so trying to battle yeah i'm doing train. good doing good sunday morning here to record hang out with you guys good to see you guys in virtual reality yeah virtual form again virtual again yeah yeah we're still what are we in week uh week five five or six something? yeah i thought it was like 70 yeah it feels <laughs> like, like year <laughs> year four <laughs> quarantine yep it's crazy what a but crazy remote like time in our lives for us to decide to start a podcast where like we right. get two episodes in, and then all of a sudden this like one in a hundred year pandemic quarantine situation happens. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds? Not good. I'm just gonna answer that question. Not good. <laughs> See, I don't know. It's almost like a hundred percent of the times I've tried to do a podcast, I've had to do it virtually. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's pretty... not that's not false. When all this is over and we get together, you're gonna be so awkward. Josh. I know it's gonna be way off. Like you guys are way too close to me. Can we keep six feet, please? <laughs> guys, Josh just stays at home. Yeah, I'll just stay <laughs> in the next room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I think that's. Oh, let me. This is AJ. Everyone. Yeah. AJ's on the mic over there. There he is, right there. I see him. More north than you. Yeah. The north. The northest. Yeah. Of like, all of us. Like the Jon Snow of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Equally as good looking. In more sure. ways than one, yeah. Thanks. It's true. Before we get started here and dive into the description of the board game, I want to invite everybody to check out our social <clears> media <throat> pages. Our Facebook page and our Instagram are all under at BGSC Podcast now for your convenience. So check those out. Um, thank you. And I'm just going to thank everybody ahead of time. We got some pretty solid listeners that are coming back for every episode. So thank you guys. And um, if you are one of those listeners, be sure to 
leave us a review, rate us on whatever app you happen to use. We are available now on on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So kind of all the big the big ones as far as I know. Do you guys know any others? I don't think so. I didn't I actually didn't know all those other ones really were things. <laughs> yeah. I think people use them. So far our biggest one is Apple for sure. People are nice. been listening on Apple. Right on. So check this out on all those things and let's uh let's dive into this board game Jaws. Description time. Nice. Key the music, please. The small island community of Amity is preparing for their 4th of July celebration. Just as tourists begin to arrive and swimmers start filling the beaches, a shadow emerges beneath the waves. A 20-foot great white shark with an appetite for human flesh has also arrived and is ready to do a little celebrating of his own. A crew of three men has been assembled and tasked with locating the beast while trying to save as many swimmers as possible. Whether the crew succeeds in finding the shark or the shark succeeds and eats his fill, there comes a final showdown on board the orca. As the crew kill the shark, as the shark kill the crew or destroy their boat, either way, there's blood in the water. It's a work of art. All right. So for starters, in Jaws, one player controls the shark while all other players are on a team and make up the crew. The object of this game for the shark is to kill the crew or destroy the orca at the end of Act 2. And the object for the crew is to kill the shark at the end of Act 2. Rob, why don't you hit us with a couple of facts about Jaws. So Jaws is a relatively new game released in 2019. It's also one of our more affordable games that we've that we've tackled so far at about 30 bucks on Amazon right now. Uh, the number of players on the box says two to four, but I think you can play with as many as you want. Uh, you just have to be a little bit creative, kind of like we talked about in Pandemic. Uh, the time to play on the box says 60 minutes, but I would say if you're playing with with people who are kind of into board games or like to think out their moves and stuff, I think it takes anywhere from 60 to 120 minutes. Uh, the age rating is 12 and up, which I think is pretty realistic with the exception of playing as the shark. I think you need to be a little older for that because nobody can check to see if you are playing correctly when you're the shark. So younger kids could mess that up and then the whole game is kind of ruined. So the game type for this one, I'm going to label it as, as co-op, similar to Pandemic, but the difference in this one is it's not everybody versus the game. It's one one person versus everybody else. So maybe it maybe it'll fall under that category instead. Um, I also have been just thinking about what kind of game this is, and I'm gonna say this is like a information management game, kind of similar to Clue in that sense, where you're really trying to manage uh, the information that you have at hand to try to accomplish your goal. Right, that makes for sense for both the shark and the crew. So that's my that's a couple of facts. Um, AJ. Uh, Hit us with a note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. I can just jump in if you want. You I'm don't, gonna, have, to, yeah, you don't have to throw, throw that, that one toward me. All right. I do you think there was enough gap in there? <laughs> I don't know, man. That was so funny. You should just keep that. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Age. All right. What do you got? Uh, you got some other info for us? I do. Thanks for okay. the facts, Rob. Just a quick note before Josh gets into the physical description. This game is played in two acts. So 
in this description, we are going to tackle Act 1 in its entirety, and then we'll switch over to Act 2. So, Josh, why don't you talk about the physical description of the game board in Act 1? Yeah. Act 1 is going to start on Amity Island. The island is divided in 13 areas. It's consisting of beaches, docks, water areas, and there's one area only accessible by land where the townspeople had the foresight to build a nifty little barrel shop. <laughs> the other areas <laughs> aren't... <laughs> The other areas are differentiated using landmark names or numbers, such as West Beach or Five. And there's a lot of accessories in this game. Why don't you tell us about some of those, AJ? Yeah, yeah, there are a bunch of accessories. I, I think more accessories than most games I've played, I would say. Um, let's start by talking about the character board. So every player, including the shark, is going to get a character board. These are roughly 3 by 5 cards that specify what character you are playing with. Either the shark, Brody... Hooper, or Quint. It also has the actions they may take, and in the case of the shark, there is a swimmer and a barrel tracker to help you keep track during the game. At the end of Act 1, you're going to use the swimmer tracker to decide what gear and abilities that transfer on to Act 2. The next accessory that I will mention here are the character movers and the shark mover. In the case of the crew, these are little wooden figurines that are color-coordinated with your player card. These are the things that actually get moved around the board to represent what area of the island you're in. And in case of the shark, it's a bigger piece. Uh, It's in the shape of a shark head, and it looks to sort of be surfacing out of the water when you place it on the board. It's pretty cool looking. Scary. Yeah. So those pieces that AJ just talked about are pieces that are used throughout the entire game. Uh, But as AJ said, this game is broken up into an Act 1 and an Act 2. So the following accessories are only used in Act 1 first is the amity event card deck so these cards have a couple of features on them the first is a line of text that tell you which beaches receive swimmer tokens for the shark to eat and for the crew to rescue these cards also include events that throw little surprises into the game these events can help or hurt either the crew or the shark next are the swimmer and barrel tokens The swimmer tokens are cardboard cutouts with pictures of swimmers. These are placed in the different beaches to show how many swimmers are at each beach at any given time. The barrel tokens are also cardboard cutouts, and these will be moved around the board following specific guidelines outlined in the rules. There are also two boats, the orca, which is brown, and the speedboat, which is white. Quint sits atop the orca, while Hooper rides the speedboat. These little wooden figures are really just meant to show that these characters move around in the water for Act 1. Josh, tell us about a few more of those accessories from Act 1. Yeah, some more stuff that we have are going to be power tokens. So the shark actually gets to use power tokens, and those are special one-time use abilities that the shark can utilize on their turn. One side lays out the ability the shark can use, and the other side is a super scary shark. (laughs) Nice. I hope our audience laughs at this. <laughs> right. So along with that, the shark gets to plan its turn on what's known as the shark tracker pad. On this paper sheet, the shark keeps track of its location, the swimmers he's munched during his round, and to list any of the power token abilities he used on that turn. So basically, those are the the Act 1 accessories that you get. And... AJ, why don't you walk us through the layout and how we lay out all these accessories? Yeah, so the layout of the playing space for Act 1 is pretty simple. There's not much to it. 
The Amity event deck is placed next to the board, and then each crew member only really needs their character card in front of them. The shark will need to constantly be using their um, secret shark tracker pad and need a space for their power tokens, but that's pretty much it in Act 1. Robbie, let's get into some mechanics of how the game works in Act 1. Let's start with a maybe a turn overview. Yeah, now we're going to dive into the mechanics of the game, no pun intended, uh, for Act 1 specifically, starting with what a round of play looks like. The first thing you're going to do in a round is flip over an Amity event card, first placing swimmers at the de designated beaches, and then carrying out the event text that is located on whichever card you flipped over. All right, Josh, tell us about the shark phase. What happens there? Okay, after the event phase, we do go into the shark phase. And during the shark phase, the shark tries to stealthily, or sometimes I guess not so much, eat as many swimmers as possible. The shark can use up to three actions to either eat swimmers or move to other areas. The shark's turn is done in secret, except for telling the crew how many swimmers were eaten, what beaches were brutalized with blood and mayhem, and also if they activated any of the barrel motion detections in the water. Other than that, the crew is left not knowing anything about what the shark did. And then after the shark phase, we go into the cruise phase. Yeah, the cruise phase is the last phase in the turn. The goal of the crew in this phase is to locate the shark, attach a barrel to him if they can, and save swimmers. Each member of the crew, in accordance with the overall plan, takes turns moving their pieces around the island, saving swimmers, using specific tools to help them find the shark, getting new barrels, and launching barrels at the shark. When all members of the crew have taken their four actions, the round is over and you are ready to draw a new event card. All right, next we will describe some of the more important mechanics of gameplay during Act 1. So starting with the barrels, moving and using barrels is one of the most important things the crew needs to do during Act 1. A barrel is the only way the crew can actually defeat the shark. The fish finder and binoculars can only be used to locate the shark, but the barrels are what defeat it. The different characters interact with barrels in their own way. Brody can pick up barrels on land and drop them off at the docks for the boats to pick up. Hooper can pick up barrels from a dock or ones that are floating in the water and transfer them to Quint. Quint can pick up barrels from the water from Hooper or from a dock and is ultimately the only crew member who can launch a barrel at the shark. When Quint launches a barrel, it can either hit the shark, giving the shark one of its possible two barrels in order to end Act 1, if the barrel misses, it becomes a beacon floating in the water to detect if the shark passes through that zone. Josh, tell us about the mechanics of using the fish finder. Okay, the fish finder is on Hooper's speedboat, and this is an ability that helps in finding the shark's location. When used, if the shark is in the same space, they must tell you. If a shark is in an adjacent space, they must announce that they are nearby. And apparently, if the shark is not in the space or nearby, they must announce that they are not there or nearby. I just didn't say anything, because sometimes saying nothing does the same, same thing. It's a stupid rule. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. So along with the fish finder, there's other abilities that the crew have, one of which is binoculars. And so Brody has binoculars, and it's a very similar ability to that of the fish finder. And it's his trusty binoculars his grandfather gave to his father and then his father to him. These binoculars can be used in a beach area to look for the shark. 
If used and the shark is in the beach, they must say so, and the shark locator is then placed in that beach. So another ability that Brody can do is also he can close a beach from either the Amity PD, Amity PD, or the mayor's office. Brody can declare a beach with no current swimmers closed. It remains closed until two Amity event cards are drawn with swimmers noted to be placed in that beach. The first draw, the token is flipped to opening soon, and after the second draw, the beach opens. On top of that, we also have shark power tokens. AJ, why don't you tell us about those? Yeah, so these act as special powers that the shark can use once per turn. There are four of them in total, and once they are used, they are discarded from the game. These abilities include moving three spaces with one action, eating all swimmers at a beach with one action, remaining hidden from the binoculars and the fish finder, and moving evasively to avoid pinging any motion sensors. Um, next, we have the shark tracker pad. As we've mentioned for the shark, this game is played secretly. The shark pad allows you to keep track of your moves and plan them without doing it on the actual game board, thus keeping the shark underwater and invisible. Start by deciding your starting location for the game, and then for all turns after that, you will need to keep track of what space you are currently in, how many swimmers from each beach you consume in a round, and when you use power tokens. And that's pretty much gonna wrap up accessories for Act 1. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about Act 2 and then get into some physical descriptions, please. So Act 2 can be thought of as an entirely different game, which is one of the things that makes this game so unique. So I'm gonna describe the game board for uh, Act 2. The game board for Act 2 is on the opposite side of Act 1. The game board consists of eight spaces to hold the eight different pieces that make up the ship, the Orca. Every Act 2 begins with the Orca being built without any damage. Also along the bottom of the board are spaces to hold the resurface deck, three resurface cards, and the resurface discard piles. Okay, and so I'll talk about some of the accessories for Act 2. Just like the game board... The character boards in Act 2 are the same as the ones in Act 1, but they're on the back side of it. And now instead of just giving you tips on what you can do, they're actually your life meter for Round 2. Act 2, excuse me. When the shark or a player is hit with an attack, they move their indicator down on the board until they die. Gruesome, horrible deaths. Either a man eaten by a shark or just another shark killed by man. The character pieces, as we said before, are reused in Act 2, except we don't use the speedboat or the orca pieces in this act. AJ, why don't you tell us about some other accessories Sure. Act 2? So there's one deck of cards that goes with this act, and it's the resurface deck. So you're going to start by drawing three cards off the top of that deck and laying them out. The shark chooses where to attack by secretly selecting one of the three resurface card options. These cards give a multitude of information. At the top, there is a resurface zone. This tells which space the shark is choosing to resurface around the orca. There is an evade value written in a shark fin. This number can be either a one or a two. There is a specific number of dice depicted to let the shark know how many they can roll when attacking. There may or may not be a shake-off symbol, which will allow the shark to shake off any attached items or weapons. It's depicted as a fish hook. And then lastly, there is a quote from a character in the actual 1975 movie. 
Rob, why don't you let us know about gear cards in Act 2? So each crew member will be equipped with gear that will help them attack the shark. The gear cards tell what kind of gear it is, either a ranged weapon, a melee weapon, an attached weapon, or some other card. Um, how many dice you get to use to attack with, if, if applicable, and any special things you have to do specific to that piece of gear. There are also target tokens matching the colors of the three crew members. These targets are used to lock in where each crew member will target to try to attack the shark each round. We also have shark ability cards, and the shark ability cards contain different abilities the shark can utilize to assist in killing the crew and destroying the boat. The ability cards can help the shark hit multiple spaces, move after deciding, or completely destroy a boat space with a single damage. The shark also gets to use a set of ABC tokens. There's two sets of these ABC tokens. One set is used to show the locations we talked about, denoted by the resurfaced cards. The other set are for the shark. The shark uses these to secretly choose which location they want to attack. One side of the shark token also has a scary shark. Another part of this game is going to be the dice. And the dice in this game are slightly different than your typical dice. Instead of numbers or dots, they have cool shark bite marks. And there's a possibility to roll zero hits, one hit, or two hits using these dice. So now that we've gone through all the accessories, AJ, why don't you talk about the playing space for Act 2? Sure. So the layout of your playing space in Act 2 is slightly more involved than in Act 1. There's a designated spot for the resurface deck, but that's the only designated spot. Each crew member is going to need to organize to their liking their character card, their gear, and their target token. The shark will need to organize their shark card, the shark ability cards, and their personal resurface tokens. Additionally, keep the dice and the other resurface markers close at hand. Rob, let's talk about a couple of mechanics in Act 2. Talk about a round overview for us here. So a round starts by flipping over three resurface cards. This tells both the shark and the crew the three possible locations where the shark can resurface and attack the mighty orca, along with the other information described a second ago by AJ. Josh, tell us about the next phase in this round. Okay, next phase of this round is the shark chooses. And after the resurface options are laid out, the shark chooses... Dude, you have to fucking do it every time I have a mouthful of champagne. Oh, God. So funny. Okay. I'm just going to keep that. I'm just going to I'm just going to keep that and I'm just going to start from using. Okay. Using the ABC tokens, the shark secretly chooses which location to attack. At this point, the shark can also choose any ability cards they want to use in this turn. Once the shark has done his choosing and mentioned any ability cards he was going to play, the crew then prepares. They decide if they want to move up to two spaces on the boat and which location they want to target to attack. Once they choose where to attack, they place their target tokens on that spot. Yeah, and then next, the shark just needs to reveal his choice. Um, so basically, the shark is going to simply turn over his resurface token to reveal if he chose A, B, or C. And then after that, the crew gets to attack. So 
Only those crew members who have their targets on the shark's resurface location are allowed to attack. The other crew members simply put their target marker and their gear back in their inventory for a later turn. The crew members who are targeting the shark attack by rolling the number of dice designated on their weapon card. The number of attacks that are rolled, plus any bonus attacks listed on the weapon card, are compared to the shark's evade value. If the attack number is higher, the shark loses health points equal to the difference. And if the attack number is lower or the same, the attack misses and the shark loses no health. Rob, tell us about shark attacks. So once the crew is done with their attack on the shark, it's the shark's turn to fight back. The shark attacks an adjacent boat piece or a swimmer in an adjacent water space using the number of dice specified on the resurface card they selected. Be aware that what counts as an, an adjacent boat piece or water space can change as the boat becomes more damaged. In the case of attacking a boat piece, the boat is either damaged or destroyed. If the boat is damaged, the cardboard piece gets turned over and survives for another round. If the piece is destroyed, it gets removed from the board completely. If the shark attacks a crew member, the crew member takes the shark's role as damage, moving the red slider on their character card and getting one step closer to that gruesome death that Josh described earlier. AJ, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the mechanics of the gear cards because that plays such a big part in the game. Sure. Each member of the crew is given two specific gear cards that go with their character at the beginning of Act 2. And then, depending on how many swimmers were eaten in Act 1, a number of additional gear cards are randomly drawn and passed out to the crew. The crew gets to divvy these up however they see fit. These cards can range from melee weapons, firearm weapons, attachable weapons, and a few accessories. Each card has a detailed description of what they do. The melee and firearm cards have a number of dice that tell how many dice you can roll to attack with. They may also have a symbol telling you that there's a bonus attack to be added to the roll. During the crew prepares phase, you need to choose what gear you're going to use to attack with and then place that above your character board for everyone to see. If you target the shark correctly, you will use your gear. And if not, if your target misses, you will not use your gear. You'll just put it back in your inventory for a later turn. Some cards require that you discard after use, and some allow multiple uses. Firearms, for example, must be discarded after use unless you happen to have an ammo card, and then you can discard the ammo card in the place of the firearm, and, and then you're able to use the firearm another time. And that, that's basically going to be it for the gear cards. There's not a whole lot of other um, mechanics to go over in Act 2. Everything's pretty simple. So at this point, let's just reiterate a method for determining the winner. Josh, can you help us out there? Yeah, a winner is determined in three ways. So the crew can win by using their gear and weapons to cause 18 damage to the shark, killing the shark. And then the shark has two ways of winning Act 2. He can either destroy the orca in its entirety or cause six damage to all three crew members, killing the crew members. Either one of those is a way to win. So the shark can win two ways or crew has one way to win. Anyone can win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of winning. A lot of winning. To win. yeah, I didn't, losing. Didn't flush that through. Either there. way, there's blood in the water. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into a couple of topics here, shall we? Let's start it off. The first topic I want to discuss 
is your guys' favorite parts of this game. I'm going to pick Josh. Go first. What is your favorite aspect of this game? This game is ridiculous. <laughs> I'll just say it's a campy game about a movie. And <laughs> it's, it's so true. My, I, and I kind of think my favorite part about it is that aspect. <laughs> you can kind of find yourself as if you're part of the movie Jaws. And I think as sad as it is, my favorite thing is reading the quotes on the cards when we choose the cards because it throws you back to the movie. There, There's not... I agree. Really That's not, an awesome part. There's not You're like really one gameplay mechanic or anything that stands out, I think. It's it's pretty, pretty well a board game for a movie. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but it... I think that's maybe my favorite part, that it's super easy and you get to make stupid references to a bloody movie. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever played another board game that was like based on a movie? I haven't. Maybe not based, but like like a game with a... Like theme? Theme, yeah. Like I've maybe played themed games like Star Wars Monopoly or... Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or like but Clue, not, that's a good like point. the game Clue, they made a movie about the game after. That right. kind of goes mm, the other way. True. That's true. That's an interesting point because there are a lot of games like like you said, like Star Wars Risk or Game of Thrones Risk or something like right. that. They take the theme of a of a popular movie or show or something and apply it to the mechanics of a game that already exists right. versus this game, which is like a brand, an entirely <laughs> different game. Like you've, I've never played any game like it. But it's all just based around the plot of Jaws, which is cool. <laughs> right. I think my favorite part, or when I'm having the most fun, is acting as the shark, specifically in Act 1. I, I just think it's really fun to sort of, like, pin your, like, ability to sort of be unpredictable versus three other people's minds, try like, all working together to try to find you. There's, like, a couple different things you can do to be really secretive or sometimes you just don't worry about that and you go after the most swimmers possible but um do you find that when you're the shark in act one you're listening in to the other players like conversation to decide what to do next or are you are you completely like existing on your own you know or is it a a little mix it's probably a little mix i've only played one game where i played as the shark with multiple people controlling the crew and was able to listen in and it's you know i would think you know, I and naturally we just think like I just do my own thing, but I think listening in plays probably a little bit of a part there. The only other time I played as a shark was just like a two-player game where one person is controlling the crew, and then I don't really get to, you know, I don't get to hear the the thought process there. So, oh, I guess that's an interesting. I point. guess I've in that way, game. in that way, it makes it maybe a little harder. I don't know. It's hard for me to say i guess i've never played a two-player game so i don't know that that's like an interesting aspect of two players versus more than two players it's really fun i would say it's it's really hard being the crew and having to keep all of their abilities and moves and actions and everything they're allowed to do just sort of like all in mind and you know it's sort of like crew versus the shark but what the crew can do is so much more complicated you have literally 12 moves to 12 actions you can do and the shark has three. So, like, it's it's very one-sided kind of when you play a two-player game. I agree with that. I like it. I kind of like being all the crew members. Why do you like it? Um, well, because I can really hone in on one specific thing I'm trying to do. I guess I've never played it against a super sneaky shark. 
two it's, players specifically, you mean? Yeah. Like, I am typically the crew because she hasn't learned the crew yet, and she's not a super sneaky shark. Courtney? Yeah. But when we played the other night, and you guys were the crew and I was the shark, I couldn't hear what you were saying, but when I could, I just, I didn't think I used it in my thought process. I think I used it more kind of laughing to myself, like, you Mm -hmm. know, all these fools. Yeah, they're so far off. Till the very last turn when you guys talked explicitly about this huge 12 prong plan and then did something completely different and fucked me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of discussing and then, well, no, because we're just going to do this and it's throw a barrel where you're at and shag ass out of here. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got pretty lucky with a barrel throw with Courtney the other night when she was the shark. Absolutely. We did. That, you was... know, that last barrel we threw at her. The first barrel was really well planned. The second barrel was, I mean, it was an educated guess, but it was a guess. Not even for that purpose. It's just yeah, a yeah. We were more more later. wanting to see right. if she was nearby, like four different locations. Like, well, we yeah. should at least see if she's <clears throat> nearby, and then like, oh, we hit her. Oops. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. But yep. Nice. So my favorite part of the game is actually different than both of yours, which is pretty cool since we have three different favorite parts of the game um but my are you moving was that a social coke? social club. oh that was a coke aj cracked a coors light just a second ago he was like all in yeah baby yeah i got the uh the beer mimosa beer mosa robbie what's beer it called mosa. beer mosa beer mosa yeah cheat Some day i did that with a an ipa the other day it was he Got he asked for like a glass of orange juice and an IPA so he could make it for the course. Interesting. Yeah, he said it was weird. delicious. That's... I was like, huh. I definitely he... know about like red beer, like a or like a tomato juice. Yeah. But orange juice, I've never heard of. I mean, beer mosas are a thing, but IPAs seem like a almost That's like a too too intense. You you want like a Coors Light, you know? You want like a. Yeah, Light something beer, that emulates some champagne. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it was, but yeah. Anywho. Anywho. All right, well. it's This is good. Um, so my favorite part of the game is actually being the crew. I think it's so, it, the crew in Act 1 specifically. I think Act 2 is, I, I think it's a, I think it's a wash on who's the favorite to be. I think it's really fun to be like the crew, but I think it's all equally as fun to be the shark. But I think they're kind of similar. I don't. I don't think they're as different as in as in Act One. But in Act One, being the crew is so fun because I think you kind of take on this like Sherlock Holmes esque um, position where you're trying to deduce where the shark is based on the information that you're given. So you're like, e- they ate a swimmer in East Beach, and then they have certain moves, and they used a power token, and so you have to like really go through all the options for what where could the shark be and how do we narrow down as the crew using our abilities to decide where the shark actually is and try to hit it you know so all of that that deduction is so fun like the other night we were talking when we played against courtney and we were talking about like well she could have done this she could have done x she could have done y she could have done z and then you come up with all their possible moves that they could have made and then you narrow it down based on I don't know, like maybe you ba- maybe you can actually eliminate a possibility, you know, like 
they right. cannot be in e-speech. There's absolutely no way. So we don't have to worry about e-speech. There is no way she used the, uh, like, don't have to tell you if you trip a barrel token. Right. Because there are no barrels. Yeah. So you can, like, eliminate absolutely. that stuff based on those <clears throat> that information that you're given. That's true. And I feel like I've played a couple times where... I you know I'm trying to think of all the all the places that the shark could be in, like in my own head and then you're sort of talking about it and one of the other crew members um I think Robbie it was you this last time like you made a point and I was like oh shit like I missed that you know like I didn't even I didn't even think that like that couldn't have been an option because of this or something you know like it's really cool to have like a team of people all thinking together kind of like adds adds to the fun adds to the strategy right and I think that it when you have a crew like that, it makes it equally as fun to be the shark in times like that, especially in, you know, groups where you're together and when you guys would be talking about that, it makes it a lot of fun to listen to that as the shark and help you, you know, because as the shark, you I, I like to be deceptive. So it it's really fun to hear that, like that teamwork going on on both sides of it. So That's it's never point. like dull. You're not like as a shark, like waiting and waiting. It's like, Oh, it's really fun to see how they're thinking this through, you know, the, the crew aspect of it is really fun to be a part of, but also fun to, you know, take in as the shark. Right. So you're never like, it's never three on one. Really. It's kind of like one listening to three. It's, it's kind of cool because as the shark, if you just have the sort of the brain for it, like you know if they're going to be able to find you or not. You can if you only if you're not going to use a card and you only have 3 moves and you're going to like eat two swimmers and then move once. Like you know for sure they're going to narrow that down and you just are taking that risk. So it's kind of cool like as the shark, you're sort of able to guess what they're going to come to. Like you you have a brain too. Like you're able to think as one of them to think like where you're going to be and are they going to be able to find you? Or maybe you take a turn where you don't even need a swimmer and you just move around. Then all of a sudden they're like totally screwed. They may not have any idea, but it's kind of cool to preemptively have those thoughts about how they could figure it out. Let's actually dive in. That's that. That's a perfect segue into strategy. Because strategy. There's, there's strategy as the shark and then there's strategy as the, as the crew. For sure. And there's strategy in act one and there's strategy in act two. Like there's... There's really four different aspects of strategy in this game. So let's right. let's tackle <laughs> in as concise a way as possible. Yeah, maybe not. Um, let's chat. Let's. What do you guys want to tackle first? Strategy Act One for sure. But I think I think we jump into the the meat, the big dog, the shark, the bee. All right, <laughs> the bee. <clears throat> All right, the shark. Strategy is a shark. Josh, can... to date, you are the best shark that I have ever played against by far. I that, thank you. That time we played against you, I could thank not you. find you even a little bit. I wish, AJ, I, I know you missed that part of the, the show. Yeah. When we played that game, you joined a little bit late, but I could not find you. We, like, Vanessa and I tried our best, and I think we are, highly, we are pretty intelligent people when it comes to deducing and... Like, no way we can narrow it down, you know? I think there's a lot to reading people that you're playing. For sure. Like, so I kind of know you pretty good, and I think there's two strategies. There's one, you're being deceptive that I've seen work well, but I also have given up eight swimmers once to just 
pure muscle of a shark. And somehow, you know, using tokens, eat three, go to someplace no one would ever expect. Next turn, you luckily get swimmers all right next to you. You can use another token and leave again. There's just like a certain aspect of luck and just using that raw power. If those two things fall together, you can quickly eat a lot of swimmers in this game. There's times where there's 12 or 13 swimmers out. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, we can make something happen. I agree. I think there's a, there's a balance. I think being deceptive is probably the most important thing to do and also is the most fun, but there's something to be said for like, are you being too deceptive when really you should just go chomp down, you know, like that's going to get you to your victory faster yeah, you could just like not eat any swimmers and like then they won't know where you are, but or you could eat two swimmers right now and get closer to your victory. Yeah. And I when we played the other night, that was, you know, it, it prolonged the game. I think I could have ended with one more swimmer eaten and it would have been one one or two turns less. But I took, like, two super deceptive turns, not really doing anything, but throwing them off the scent. And I never lucked into, you know, like, a three-swimmer beach. Because that's kind of what I was hoping for, was, like, locking into a situation, but I passed. I mean, I passed on eating a swimmer, but knowing I would... I think it was eat two swimmers, know I'd be found. Or eat one swimmer, be deceptive hope for something else so right and i ended up with i think seven or something seems like trying to evade the crew as best you can whether it's listening to the crew using your abilities um you know trying to evade them as much as you can and keep them guessing is the best the best strategy there let's dive into the strategy of the crew a little bit how does how do you guys feel about that yeah actually Rob, I think I know you you uh, warmed us up there, but I think you should start since that's your favorite uh, favorite part. Maybe you should start us off on the strategy part there. Okay, I can do that. Um, I think for the crew, it's just with at the risk of sounding like a complete broken record. You know, it's all about just managing the the information that you have at hand. So. I think the first turn is really crucial. If the shark doesn't use an ability during the first turn, I think you have a ton of information, especially if they ate a ate a, a swimmer. And so being able to say like, all right, you ate a swimmer, you didn't use an ability, and so you, you can only be so far. If you started in the beach where you ate a swimmer as the shark and you didn't use an ability, then you're three spaces away at the most, which is quite a few. Um, or two spaces away, I guess, because you only have three moves. So I think it's hard to come up with an overall strategy, but I could see a group of people risking not really analyzing the information that they have and rushing through and just saying, I want to throw a barrel in section three, when really a barrel in section three is going to do nothing, you know, or the fish finder, for example. If you, if you know the shark or you have a hunch that the shark used the fish finder, then using the fish finder in that turn could be a complete waste of a move and give you zero information. So I think the strategy is what is your move that's going to give us more information that we can do something with? That's interesting. Yeah, I like that. I mean, would you in that sort of in that same light of like tossing a barrel, 
like when it wouldn't necessarily do anything. Like, um, I feel like it came up a couple times where, you know, you get to a place where you don't know where the shark is. Maybe you've narrowed it down to like two or three places. I mean, it comes, there comes a time where you need to just like take a chance and like toss that barrel. But I feel like there's also like the option to just like not toss a barrel at all. Like, do are you the kind of guy Rob that like, do you feel like it's, valuable to to launch a barrel every turn necessarily like even if you're not hitting the shark just so that like if you're missing like you're still putting motion sensors out there or would if like if you don't know where the shark is would you rather like not throw a barrel at all i think it depends on how many swimmers are out there the whole point of act one is save the swimmers and find the shark like you want that that number of swimmers eaten when act one ends you just want it to be as low as possible you know you can win the game and the shark could eat nine swimmers at the beginning in act one, and you could still win overall in act two as the crew. So I think it's about the, the ultimate goal is mitigate swimmers eaten and find the shark, find the shark so that you can mitigate the swimmers eaten. So I can see a situation as Quint who throws the barrels as save a swimmer over throwing a barrel based on like if you if the shark you don't know the shark is in three different areas or four different areas it could be any of those four and you have the choice between either i throw the barrel into one of those zones and hopefully hit the shark or save a swimmer i think i could see a situation where you would save the swimmer and not throw the barrel gotcha i kind of agree i think that barrels are underutilized though in most of the games that i've played it's usually a barrel's thrown only in a 50-50 situation. And I think they can be way more valuable, but people don't tend to use them as much because they're kind of a pain to get, which I understand. Yeah, You're basically relegating Brody to barrel duty almost every turn for that Mm -hmm. to be a strategy. Right. And you aren't really saving swimmers. I'd be interested to see how that strategy would work where you are you know, like using the fish finder every turn or trying to put yourself in a situation to use a fish finder every turn. Yeah, I agree. The same thing could be with barrels. You know, it's a, you're getting info. So you always, that gives you way more chances to know where they're at. But I think on turns where there's like very few swimmers, very rarely does, do people throw a barrel? I mean, you know, That's in, the, true. in that instance, it's always, if there are two swimmers far away from where A, you are, or B, you think the shark is, how often do you, you know, go try to make your way up to get those swimmers? Instead of just throwing a barrel, getting close, you use all four, save one swimmer. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. One I mean, thing. Yeah, the barrels. The, sorry. Go ahead, Rob. H, go for it. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say the barrels are the barrels are Quint's method of gathering information. Every character kind of has their right. their method for gathering information and barrels are Quint's and barrels are the only one that are gathering information at later turns. Right. So you throw a barrel into the water, if you hit the shark, that's information and a check in the in the pro column for like killing the shark. But also if you miss, then the barrel sits there and then you have information in later turns that could potentially help you out. Right. Yeah. One thing that I've really enjoyed doing as the crew when I've played in the two player games is 
throwing barrels do you guys, I don't know if you guys have the the board in front of you but yep where one and like where one and three connect or or one and two connect or or those places where it gets really like narrow I like doing a barrel in say one and also one in six or a barrel in two and also in north or you know like a way where yeah. you can use the barrels to block off a route. So, like, if the shark wanted to go around the north side of the island, they would have no path to do so without pinging a barrel. Right. And I think yeah, if that's you, a good that's if, a good strategy. If you can get a couple of those, it, th- this would be like a little bit late game. Talking about getting a couple of those locations, you know, done. You're talking about throwing hemp, like throwing four barrels without hitting a shark. But I really like that method. That way, like, if the shark is very sneaky, doesn't attack a swimmer, wants to just take a turn where they move only, like, you're really blocking where they can move without alerting you to their position. That's that's good. That's a good strategy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, diagonals are key. And I think, like, uh, throwing barrels in that inside area, because I, I found a lot of times there were no barrels in any of the land touching spots right i think so like you could just it takes longer but you could just sort of meander along the coastline yeah as the shark yeah without really being found yeah yeah that's the thing about those outside spots you know the the way the board is laid out is pretty cool because the one two three four spots along the outside of the island are like fast travel spots you know right Right. you, you can get all the way around to the east beach you know, from from three as the shark, yeah, which is in the opposite corner, using those outside. So if you have barrels in those spots, then you mitigate some of that fast travel. You exactly. narrow down where the shark can be. Yeah. Four outside, and then there's eight inside, right? Inside spaces. And then the one quaint yep. barrel shop. Yep. Yep. Totally. Exactly. Yep. All right. Let's dive into Act Two. The let's dudes. start with the shark again. If you're the shark in Act Two, what are your what are your th- what are your strategies? Um, having not ever played the shark in Act Two, I will take the first crack at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kind of kidding, but also like the one thing I can think of is like just looking at your three options, and there's most of the time there's like a there's like a good option, you know, there's like a powerful option. And you just like have multiple to, dice and, and high exactly defense. high evade multiple dice. It's a spot on the orca that hasn't been attacked yet or like could be damaged. Um, and you just sort of have to balance like picking a card that gives you more evade, more dice, but also the crew knows that's the best spot. And just being evasive, like Josh said, like maybe not taking the opportunity to. Uh, you know, eat those swimmers in act one, but just being evasive. I think the same thing could be for act two. Like, you know, you don't take that opportunity to, to damage that one boat piece that you haven't damaged yet, but you just, you be evasive. You're not attacking necessarily in the most powerful way you can, but you know, you're throwing them off, you know, in a way that, you know, you're going to survive longer. So that's sort of the balance. I think there as the shark being willing to take on a, a less powerful spot to evade the crew. Yeah. I think that's the thing to weigh, you know, those as the, you know, I'm not, I'm not even like picking a strategy. I'm just like, those are the things to weigh, you know, as the shark, like which way to go sort of. So, 
um, I feel like the two of you can talk a little more about, you know, which way you prefer to go or like tend to go, depending, you know, all situations are different, but. <laughs> that was a Chevy truck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Telling you, uh, those, motor, well, those motor gangs in the Aurora area, <laughs> they're real, man. They'll get you. Josh, you want to comment on that? That idea that you're just talking about as the shark? Yeah, so I think I think Act 2, um, if you play Act well well enough, Act 1 well enough, Act 2 as a shark, I think you can really be over now that we know for sure. I, I think you could... You can use those shark abilities very well to to really do damage and go against, um, you know, like AJ was saying, there are good spots, there's bad spots, but some of the bad spots, if you have the right ability, can do a lot of damage. So I think as the shark, those abilities give you a good amount of leeway into how you can attack the ship. So even though there might be a really powerful option, that's super obvious, you know, that that's the one they should pick. A lot of times you can get away with choosing the worst one with, you know, very little options if you have the right power card. Like low, like one evade, right. one die. One evade, one cool die card. with a card that destroys a boat space with, um, you know, one attack. Right. Yeah, you can take a water spot and make it a super <laughs> powerful spot. So I think now that I know, I think I think the best option is just always try to do as much damage to the ship as you can. That's as I mean, yeah, obviously. Pay little I don't try not to attack spots with crew members on them cuz they get to move and try to do the most damage as you can. I, that seems like the best way cuz if they want to attack you at a certain point they have to be there and you know when they if you get them in the water then you you do damage so yeah just to jump just to jump in really quick robbie i know you haven't really had a chance to respond but maybe you can um respond and also answer this question have you how many times have you guys played with the shark in act two and won the game by killing the crew has that ever happened? I've never seen that happen. Um, Robbie, start with you since Josh Pedal Glass. Have you have you taken that method? Sort of. It's kind of reminds me of cult where you can win in a couple ways and you can right. choose the easiest way. Like, have you won <laughs> yeah, by? There's an easier way. Yeah. Like, seems I, like the boat is the easier way. I don't think that I. I've only played the shark once, which is a funny thing about this game. You like play the shark. Everybody. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you guys have played the shark twice, but the average person has played more crew than shark because that's just how yeah. the numbers work out. Yeah. But um, I've never, I don't remember if I won as the shark even. It was a while ago. And I definitely did not kill the crew if I did win. So Yeah, it seems like I've never a played a game where question. the crew it gets anywhere near dying. I, th- I played with you guys and one crew member died, but the other two never even got close. And then the boat was destroyed. I can't say the game I did play. I know a crew member died, and it changed it. It it changes the game in favor of the shark quite a bit, yeah. just because you don't have that third person to sort of mitigate the the three spaces that the shark has the choice to attack. So yeah. if you can kill a a person, it goes a long way to helping you destroy the boat. 
um and the people are easier to kill than like way easier to kill than the shark like they only have five life that doesn't last very long true so i think it's a pretty rare way to to win the game as the shark is to kill the crew i think it's totally possible though like yeah again the other night i think you know when when the crew's all down to melee weapons then it's really hard to kill the shark and not take damage at that point if you're doing it right, you know. That's true. I agree. So, you know, even if, like, somebody has three, you know, three hits on them, that's really only you getting maybe two more attacks on a shark because you're going to get hit, probably. And that's a good point because I I feel like we haven't talked much about how this is – there's a lot of luck in – act two where there's not so much in act three act, or i'm sorry act one there's <laughs> definitely not an act three. i don't know why i said that um act one there's no luck involved other than just like amity events and just like what you know where swimmers go but yeah. act two the the resurfacing cards and like where those are that's luck the dice and is dice luck. based um and so i mean even picking where the shark is going to go is a little bit of luck on the crew's part they don't know it's random for them exactly so i think that there's a little bit of that involved for sure in what josh was just talking about i think it's interesting have you guys ever even as the shark you know you have the option to target a ship space and target a crew member as you're at full-on attack have you ever have you ever even attacked a crew member do so do they have to be in the water they, do, they have right? to be in the water yeah. with you or a water space adjacent to your, right. to your I don't, attack spot. I don't think I've ever been in that situation. Yeah, I kind of agree. That's what I, I, think. I, I, I think I definitely would because I was reading the rules and I saw that and I was like, why wouldn't you just attack the crew with that? Like, I would totally do that. But I'm like, I don't think I've ever been in that situation, though. I think it's kind of late. It's late in Act 2 when when the boat is kind There's of destroyed. Of, yep. A lot of water space. And the only way a crew member, the crew member's in the water and they have to make a choice between getting in the boat and skipping their attack. They can't even target the any space. Or they stay in the water close to the shark hoping to hit it as like a last ditch effort. One thing that I think about, and Robbie, I think you can, maybe you can sort of attest to this because one thing that you sort of always talk about in these games is your love for the rules and how they pertain to how it would happen in real life, you know? Yeah. Like how accurate the rules would be in real life. I kind of don't like the, the shark attack. Like if the shark, if there's literally a swimmer in the water and the 20 foot great white (laughs) shark chooses to attack the swimmer, they get two dice to roll versus like the swimmers, like, health point of like six you know yeah like that just seems like a little bit not quite accurate you're there gonna die for me yeah like aren't <laughs> you like if the sh- if you're in the water and the 20 foot great white shark wants to attack the swimmer like shouldn't shouldn't there be a situation where that's instant kill like I, well, that's I don't what know. I mean. There, there is. So let's say you're the shark and you pick the you pick a space that's three dice. You pick a card that's that gives you three dice. That gives you six a potential six roll. Right. So it could be, and that that kills a person. Right. Yeah. Could and be. there's no defense. Yeah. So I think the realistic part is that the humans don't have any defense. You know, besides the the shark 
cage or whatever, the diving cage right. yep. card. If they don't have that equipped, then they just you just have to take what the shark gives you. And if the shark uses a dice that's high enough, then it could kill you. Right, it could. So, I just think the chances of that happening, just odds-wise, are lower to me than the chance of like real life. Like, I'm in the water and a 20-foot great white shark wants to attack me in the water. Seems right. like the odds are more like 99% death than like... Your one out of, be, one out of six doubled, or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever you get on the dice should be doubled. Yeah, something. Yeah. Well, I think, it's, I think you're you're not taking into consideration the, the setup. Okay, so, like, you take the setup for the shark to be able to do, the, to do that in the game. And you take the setup in real life. In real life, you're in a boat. And so the, the chances of the shark being able to, like, jump on the boat and attack you and kill you are pretty slim. Because you're safe on the boat. Right. But if you're like, man, I this this shark is almost dead. I gotta get, I have like a a hammer. <laughs> I have a hammer to kill this shark. The only way I'm gonna be able to attack this shark is if I'm in the water with it. Right. And so you have to risk getting super close to it, <laughs> where you have a point zero one percent chance of beating the shark with the hammer. Uh, yeah, and surviving with a hammer. Yeah. Don't worry, the shark cannot evade. If you use a hammer, so it, well, it's because it's so close. You know, you got a hammer. You swing that hammer. What's the shark gonna do? You're Get out, like dodge shark. it. I don't know. The machete. The, the machete is pretty close too. That doesn't. Matter. Yeah, that's true. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just know. playing devil's advocate. I know, I understand I know that's saying. true. There's, there are a little bit of like some moments when it's not so realistic, but I think there. I think the moments where it is kind of realistic outweigh those moments. Well, in that in that light, I think the the beauty of this game, and Josh touched on this a lot in the beginning, is that it's not. It's not cool because it's realistic. It's cool because it mirrors the the movie, and the movie is so good. And in its time, it was it was pretty revolutionary with like the music. And I was actually researching it a little bit. This was the first this this movie is like coined with being the first summer blockbuster of all time. Oh, really? Because awesome. it came out in like June, and so many people went to see it in the theater that they like coined it a summer blockbuster. And now that's just something we like, that's like a term we use for movies that come out in the summer that are like popular. Big movies. Um, huh. That's cool. But you know, just like, it, I mean, ba, you, ba, ba. you like, you know, you read certain descriptions of this movies and they call it like one of the best movies of all time. And I don't know if I personally would, would coin it that, but it's such a cool iconic movie for the music and the story and everything that I think, that's where the beauty of the game sort of resounds as opposed to just like comparing it to real life. It's not really what it's so meant it's, to do. So what you're saying is like comparing the, the way the game plays out to the movie is more important than comparing the game. Yes. To how it plays out compared to what it would happen in real life. I think so. I think that's a cool, like that's a very unique thing this game has versus other games, you know? I, d I agree with that. That's cool. I think that game's better than the movie. <laughs> I uh, I don't think the movie is particularly great. I love the movie. I think I it's think good. I just don't think it's okay. great. I, I think, think the one I think the one monologue that Quint has about being on the USS Indianapolis and going down and the sharks come and like that whole fucking crazy like doll's eyes, lifeless oh, yeah, eyes yeah. till it bites you. That whole thing <laughs> is amazing. It's such a great like classic monologue and after that i think the rest of the movie is fine i think i've i uh, 
I don't know where I've heard this, but this I think this movie specifically is kind of what in what incited a lot of like shark fear in the world and Truth. and America specifically probably, but I don't I think before this movie there wasn't a lot of like overwhelming fear of sharks. I think this this movie brought it out. Nice. Thanks, Jaws. Yeah. So that's why I, yeah, I hate even pools at night. I did read I that's was how, that's I was, how deep my fear is. I was trying to uh to just get maybe a little bit of uh like wording advice or whatever for my little like intro and I was reading just like a Wikipedia article about sharks and there was like a there was a stat about how like the amount of shark attacks by like a great white shark on a human is so is like really really minimal but of all shark attacks on humans great whites make up like the majority Mm-hmm. So they do they do attack humans more than more than other sharks, but it's still such a low number because they don't actually want to eat us. Like it's they like mistake They're us for, for seals. They like mistake us for marine animals, but it is actually right. great whites that are the majority of human attacks year mm-hmm. by year. So it's kind of a cool kind of a cool stat. Welcome to the the scientific <laughs> part of science our portion. BGSC <laughs> are very well educated science the board player. game science club I think, I think according to Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> this is probably true yeah that's what I said alright do you guys have anything to add as far as strategy of the crew during act mm. 2 I think mm. we pretty much covered nah, a lot but... I hate act 2 do you? <laughs> I'd rather just play act 1 over and over I love act 1 I really kind of think of them as two different games Really, I don't know why I do that, but like I just, I would you, rather just play act. I you just play act one over and over again and be like, oh, the shark ate nine people. They win. Great job. <laughs> and like act two, is sort of just a whole completely different. It's like two small board games that you play. You know. Right. Yeah, it really is. Maybe. And actually, let's maybe a quick, just a quick, uh, sort of nod. There is actually a thing in the rules that say you can do that. Like if you want to play a quick game. You can play Act One by itself, and there's like a rule modification, and you can play Act Two by itself, and there's a rule modification if you want to just play a quick game. So maybe check yep. that out in the rules if you are looking to play but only have maybe I don't know thirty minutes, forty minutes. So, well, that about wraps us up on the strategies. Um, what do you guys think, drinking or not? That's a Josh, really, I think good, you should answer really that good question. First. Yeah, Josh, you go first. Well, I think that uh, as in any game we play, it's a fun social game. Um, definitely doesn't hurt to be drinking while playing. But if you show up a little late and you've had a few, <laughs> a few drinks in you, it might might be hard to follow along. But um, especially if you've never played before, yeah, right? AJ, <laughs> what do you think? Who are you guys talking about? Who are you guys talking about? Like, I'm not sure what that that game play part is like. But what do you think, AJ, about drinking? Um, I think it. Uh, I think it genuinely depends on on your role in the game. Um, I think if it's a four-player game and you're one of the crew members, I think you're fine. I think right. drink it up. You can still win. Um, 
even if you're the shark, honestly, I feel like the shark can probably like, you're going to have to think a little bit, you know, you're gonna have to be pretty clever, you know, with your moves. The one time I guess to, to get down to the point, I guess the one time I would say bad idea is if you're playing a two player game and you are in charge of the entire crew, like (laughs) maybe, um, maybe have a clear head there because you're talking about 12 actions and each character has different things they're allowed to do. And just make sure you know the rules really well. I guess same with the shark. Like maybe that's a good point. Like don't drink if you don't understand how to play. Like make sure, uh, you know, when someone fish finds you as a shark and you say, I'm nearby. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not even. Well, how many times we subtly reference games we've played? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you were wasted and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm nearby," you know, but you don't actually get the diagonal rule, you know, just saying. And there's a um, potential three-minute pause of muting. Yeah, and I'm explaining rules. I, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not even. I'm not even insinuating that anyone was drunk. That's a whole different thing. I'm just saying, could be. Yeah, if you're drunk, it makes the problem more obvious. Yeah, so maybe a two-player game, if you're the crew, maybe avoid being wasted. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I'm gonna, I think it's... I'm going to uh, jump I think, in there. I think... Yeah, go ahead, Rob. I, I, well, I think the shark... I think the shark is the most dangerous one to play drunk because you can literally mess up the rules, and that's that's where it would suck. Yeah. Right. No, There's you know, no checks and balances. You, is that what you're saying? exactly yeah nobody's monitoring the shark except for the shark so if you're drunk and you mess that up then you ruin the whole game for everybody that's a good point but otherwise for all intents and purposes as as the shark if you're drunk and you mess it up for yourself as long as you don't break the rules then you're only hurting yourself and so it's fine right i mean have you you ever even have you ever even double checked the shark no i don't think i ever have i I like you mean checking their like yeah like look at the shark shark sheet and find no, out I never if have. they ever did an illegal thing. No. Have you? Well, I mean, I've caught illegal things because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's like a I, certain point where you're like, no, that's impossible. Because especially right. once you hit it once and you know where the, once you know where the shark is, then yeah, it's you're like, okay, that's way too many. That's way too many moves. Even the very, even the very if first you time this this uh, like you try to build it in your head. Yeah. You're like no. No matter how I play that through tokens, anything, that's too that's impossible. Too much. Right. Yeah. yeah. The very yeah. first time I played you ate four sharks, with... you end up six spaces away. <laughs> exactly. And... Oh, I, no, I didn't yeah. use a card. Yeah. You use no abilities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first time I played with Adina, we had her very first move. She, I caught her. I was like, wait, you can't do that. That's impossible. And she was like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. And then she moved again. And then as I was trying to figure it out, she was like, fuck, I messed it up again. Like, I can't do what I did. Let me back up again. And then after, like, from that point, she's, like, she's been super accurate. So Hmm. I think it does take just a second to sort of get your bearings, you know, as the shark. But I've never had to, like, double check the shark, like, after that, like, one move, you know. Well, and I think in this vein, if you're playing as the crew member and you have more than one person as the crew and you're – a little tipsy or even drunk then you have two other people or one other person to to do that check right and so you like throw your ideas out there but nobody it's kind of like pandemic, pandemic a little bit yeah. where like you you're all working together so nobody can really mess it up that much so i would rate this game pretty high on as, as far as like drinkability goes yeah if yep. you are gonna if you're gonna drink for this game if you're not the shark then 
hey, have a good time. It would Go be it. it would be interesting. Can you imagine a game where the entire crew was pretty drunk and the That'd shark awesome. was just bouncing around and so you're just like where the fuck you know like where's the shark fuck we can't find him and he's just like the shark's just like you guys are sober like Ro- rory shark yeah rory. just like yeah, hanging rory, out rory's the shark. literally <laughs> never moves from just the, the beach shepherd. the same beach just shepherds that's the best scenario i've i can imagine actually yeah. rory's the shark yeah the three of us are the crew members and we have we just got done playing than... we just got done playing three men and we decided to play john <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes come on rory i Almost guarantee that Rory would eat nine swimmers and then sink the boat and kill all three of <laughs> In us. the first but... three turns, yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. All Good right. job, Rory. Um, I know Rory's an avid listener, so there you go, Rory. Shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> Here we go, Rory. Shepherd. Go ahead and critique this part of the show. Rory wants to be a guest. Let's get Rory on. As soon as we can be in the same room, <laughs> let's do it. Rory. <laughs> yeah. we got to be able to cut Rory off, though. Rory likes to... He loves to really, how do I say this? He really loves to air out an issue. Yeah, you know? talk a lot. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'd have to have a way to be, we need like a button to be like. Our own mute bzz. button. Mute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love you, buddy. Um, yeah, love you, bro. All right, so I have a specific question for you guys. What was your initial impression of this game when you played it the first time? I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. I I specifically liked Act One Same. more than Act Two, which I've said before. I've said you know a couple times here, but that was my initial impression is that I thought Act One was very fun, especially for the shark. And then Act Two is like okay, and Act Two's kind of grown on me. But that was my initial impression was that I really liked Act One. Agreed. What about you, Rob? Um, I I just loved. I've never played a game like this. I feel like it's so cool that there are two parts to the game that are two very different games. And the whole point of act one is to set up, you know, um, to set up benefits in act two. And then act two is really, really where you determine the winner. True. Um, so I just like had a lot of fun as opposed to cult or even pandemic where there are moments of stress trying to figure out how to win the game. Yeah, this game was just fun. It was like you sit down and you just like have a really fun time playing the game. Yeah, that's true. And on a side note, I, I don't know if you guys thought this, but this game reminds me a little bit of Mario Party. Um, just because the... <laughs> I know, follow, follow me. Uh, follow I, know. Yeah, I get I'm, it. I'm with you. I get take it. Me on, because, take me on the journey. Because the mini games in Mario Party, you can play all four people against the game, right? Mm. That's like pandemic you can play all people versus each other which is like risk or katan or whatever you can play two versus two which i can't think of a game right now but this is the game this is like the one versus beach volleyball this is like the euchre yeah euchre there you go euchre great not a board game but it's a good example or or this game (laughs) i mean (laughs) talking about Mario Party brings in the best aspects of games. I'm just no, I'm saying <laughs> what are, this is uh, name one other game that's one versus three. <laughs> Mario besides, Party besides Mario Party. Yeah, this is like that's like the one thing it reminds me of. I got no. Where I'm, you can I'm play like one person that's overpowered versus like a crew of three people. No, I totally that work okay. to like beat that one person. I get yeah. it. I think we were laughing games. at the fact that we said two versus two and we used Euchre and you said, well, that's not a board game, but yes, I understand. 
but we're comparing it to a video game that's the funny part yes that's i get it yeah that's true but no i agree that's actually a really interesting i mean yeah i don't know another one versus three maybe i don't, I don't know, know D D. that could are well, you are you as the dungeon master are you versus the other people not necessarily you're just you, kind of the narrator. You, yeah so like you you control non-playable characters so so there are there's mm-hmm. a chance that you're the bad guy but there's also a chance that you're a you know a person helping you know you're you're everything i see it's kind of like mario party there's times it's four there's other times yeah one i I can't think of another i can't think of another one v however many yeah that was the one i I mean when you first play it's kind of a cool i guess especially versus like all other board games you've ever played it really is just like stands alone it's like a one versus everyone else and to your point, Robbie, like you could, if seven people really want to play this game, fuck it, you know, one shark versus six people, you know, you could do that. Well, and I think you could even have two people be the shark and, you know, sort of secretly talk, like devise a, a way for them to True. communicate to each other in secret. And yeah. then, yeah, there's a map on the inside of that shark card. Yeah. I mean, so you don't even need so you to could point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can you could say like we'll go here, 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 right. eat a swimmer, whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. Josh, uh what what question you got? You got a question. Yeah, I was just Fun wondering question. if you think that the ending of the movie plays into the defense and the abilities of the crew and why the shark's <laughs> so underpowered and the crew's so overpowered is because in the movie they spoiled the ending. And that's why the crew always wins. <laughs> well, it means you have to win. We... You literally, like, you should have to win by putting a canister in the shark's mouth and shooting it with a rifle. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> exactly. I've seen it. I've seen it play out. Actually, minus the game we played against Courtney, it came down to, like, a really close... Total. The, right. the shark has one spot to kill on the boat, and you have one chance to, like, beat the shark. And it's like... yeah. Whatever happens on yep. this dice roll, that's going to determine the winner. Yeah, that's happened definitely the majority of the times for me as well. So it's a pretty balanced yeah. second act, I would say. Even though it is a lot of chance and dice rolls and stuff. So you're saying that Jaws didn't spoil the ending for you? Yeah, I guess that's the quick answer. <laughs> I had uh, no. I had forgot about the movie before I played this game the first couple times. It's been very recently that I went back and like watched it. I mean, I had seen it, but I just forgot like the exact oh. way it ends. Um, but like literally two nights ago, I we you were watched just gonna it. Say you forgot there was a movie Jaws. No, no, <laughs> I thought this was. Like I a just cool like game. it's been You're so like, long. Well, they made a movie. Based it's on not like game. I was like I watched the movie first and then was like, great, let's play this game a bunch of times. I just like it took nice. me a while to remember how it all goes down. On that note, ratings <laughs> yeah, and closings, ratings. baby started us off i'm first on our list that we have laid out here for us so i'm just gonna get after it so i'm gonna rate the rules as i always do and i'm still like grappling with what that actually means but okay we're gonna <laughs> hopefully there's some consistency there <laughs> yeah that's true rating the rules kind of an arbitrary situation it's very arbitrary so <laughs> some point i'm gonna actually like nail this thing down so as far as the rules go understanding the rules and the actually like the playability of the game um 
and how easy is it to understand all the ins and outs i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a pretty high rating of of a (laughs) come on go ahead put it up i think i'm gonna i'm gonna think i'm gonna give it a 10 yeah i think i'm gonna give it a 10 i mean i don't think this is easier to understand or harder to understand than pandemic which i gave a 10 nice yeah no. So I'm gonna it's give it. A, I'm gonna give it a ten. It's super easy to understand cool. the rules. It's easy to learn how to play. There are some like you could be better at it or worse, but as far as understanding the rules and being able to play the game based on the rules alone, I think it's easy. So ten. A ten. AJ, why not? <laughs> a ten. A ten. <laughs> AJ, tell us about strategy in this game. What's your rating? Robbie, will you go prom with me? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That's from Varsity Blues. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me talk about strategy. Strategy in this game. God, let me get into it. It's a little complicated because I feel like there's four quadrants to really dissect here. There's being the crew in Act One, being the shark in Act One, being the crew in Act Two, being the shark in Act Two. I feel like all of them take a little bit of a different approach strategy-wise, and I feel like. The biggest one for sure is being the shark in Act 1, having a great strategy and how you're going to maneuver that situation. Being the crew in Act 1 is, I don't know how much strategy comes into it versus just being good at deducing the information that you have, turning that into a useful sort of knowledge, you know, like taking the information you have, turning that into something you can use. Um, and then I really don't know how much strategy comes into act two because so much is like we said, it's like every game we've played has been pretty close and it comes down to the dice roll. So I think a lot of this game doesn't really require that much strategy. I think, you know, a little bit, I think being the shark in act one requires a lot of really good strategy. So it's, I'm just all of that prefacing the fact that it's a little bit of a complicated decision. Um, I'm so excited to see what you, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. um, I'm going to go. I don't even know. I haven't even decided yet. Hang on. (laughs) Let's go. uh, Stalling drunkenly off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super, super Sunday, noon, drunkenly. I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with a seven. I'm going to go with a seven. I think the shark has a ton of strategy, and it's amazing, and I love it, and that's my favorite part. And then I think the rest of the game, I really don't know how much strategy is involved. So, seven. Okay. Solid. Nice. All right, Josh. Hit us with that replayability score. Replayability. Well, I think – like AJ's multifaceted <laughs> response, you break it into two parts. You know, there's there's Act One, and as you can play either one on its own if you want to, you kind of rate them both. So I think Act One is like it. It is of the two my favorite of the two. I think it's more fun for me. So. I would say that Act 1 is definitely a 10 replayability. And Act 2 is fun, but I don't know that I'd... On its own, I don't think I'd want to play it by itself. Even playing it together, 
I kind of am like, yeah, we have time. Let's let's play Act Two. It's never like we're we're playing both. It's always like, yeah, let's. You want to? We totally can. <laughs> it's always that. So I'd say Act Two might be a six. And huh. by the law of averages, it's gonna be an eight. <laughs> I like your math there. Great. Well, that for those of you following along, math whiz is out there. That averages to a overall score of drum roll. Eight point three repeat. Eight point three repeating. <laughs> of course. This is our middle. Since we started the ratings, is this our middle game? I don't know. Pandemic remember. was first. I think. Did we rate cult lower? I think so because the rules so. and stuff were hard. I think it's yeah i think so six nice. it was like a six six or something got it or something it's a whack it a it's a whack rating system i love cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see it's not maybe like people will like it maybe you won't who knows give I mean, it, you don't give it your us, own rating yeah, yeah true yeah tell us what you think yeah also. our rating is our rating system is very it's specific it's not just like favorite game ever <laughs> one out of ten go you know so that kind of brings us to the point of this whole podcast, just to reiterate to everybody. Hopefully, if you have thought about picking up Jaws, maybe now you have a little bit more information and you can decide whether you want to or not. Maybe we've turned you on to it. Maybe we've turned you off from it. Uh, but hopefully, just like in the first act of Jaws, this information gives you a little bit of a, a leg up. Boom on act two. I like where you're going, Rob. <laughs> So don't forget, you can contact us in a bunch of different ways. Uh, we have our Instagram page. We have our Facebook page at BGSC Podcast. Um, still waiting. Still waiting on some questions to come I know. In. I told I we got so a really we good answer. We got a good listener in Rory out there. And uh, last time he uh, gave me some personal feedback, I told him to ask a damn question on social media so we could answer it, get our first one. And I guess he hasn't. I know. I would love so much to answer so, so that we're not just answering each other's questions, but just to get to a, a to pretend an like somebody's question. listening. Yep. We just want yeah. to pretend it one one time. So send us your questions. We got the the Instagram. We got the Facebook. We also have our email address, board game social club, all one word at gmail.com. You can send us questions there. Um, get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, and uh, specifically a question about um, the next board game we're going to tackle. And we are going to tackle a game called Secret Hitler. And that's going to be a fun one because, as Josh pointed out in the last episode, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, social correctness, per- potentially. Um, political political correctness oh yeah i mean it's political but it's, but it's, it's social it's, it's it's all the correctness it's a social club it's all the correctness and uh so that'll be fun and it's also uh it's also just a great game so we're gonna do that uh two weeks from now and so um yeah do a little research find out some stuff about the game uh ask us some questions and we would love to answer some fan questions along the way so that pretty much wraps up our podcast on Jaws. Thanks for joining us this time, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. We had a great time, guys. Hope you did as well. Um, that's it for us. Josh, why don't you take us out, buddy? Thanks for getting bored with us. See ya. See you guys later. Bye.
lie down on the board until they die. Gruesome. Horrible deaths. Either a man eaten by a shark or just another shark killed by man. The character pieces, as we said, are reused from... <laughs> God, you're so fucking good at this. It's so funny. 